Welcome to The Bulb, a podcast shedding light on gendered violence. In each edition, we'll explore aspects of this violence. What is thought about it, what we know about it, or what is yet to be revealed. The Bulb is a podcast series brought to you by the Queensland Centre for Domestic and Family Violence Research. Thank you for joining us as we share knowledge to improve the lives of women and their children. Today it's great to be joined on The Bulb by John from the Domestic Violence Action Centre, also known as DVAC, which is based in Ipswich. John's going to be chatting today about an innovative approach to the delivery of a perpetrator intervention. So this is an intervention with a difference. John's the facilitator of this program, and it's great to have you on The Bulb. Welcome, John. Oh, good morning. Uh, it's great to be here. Nice to have a chat. Good. Good. I think you're going to love having a chat. So I mentioned that this is an innovative approach. What do you think actually makes it innovative, John? This is different in as much as the criteria for being in the program is from 15 to 25 years, and it's either gender. I know domestic violence is gender, um, mostly men and on women, but this program talks to young women as well between 15 and 25. So whoever's using the violence, it gives me a chance to have a chat with them. So does the program cover all types of uh, domestic and family violence under that big umbrella definition of, of violence? It, it covers intimate partner and family violence. When it comes to the family violence perpetrators who are coming to your program what what characterizes the nature of that violence it's gender-based violence and the most problems we have are with the uh, young men on women and there is occasions when women are violent towards their partners so it's about partner violence intimate partner and sometimes it can be with family members the mother or the sister or whoever it is so even within those family relationships, it tends to be a, a sister, a mother, who's who's the, the the woman experiencing the violence at the hands of these. Yes, predominant. Yeah, predominantly, it's it's the female that that is um, the recipient of the violence. But mm. there are occasionally young women coming through the program, and there's very little places where we can send these young young people. The the men and the women, the young men and women. It's very, very difficult to get these into a space to talk about their domestic and family violence. And like other approaches, is it a group approach that you're using? No, this is a um, one-to-one approach. We provide one-to-one trauma-informed support to the perpetrators um, to increase their motivation to develop change tactics. So it's challenging their thinking behind what's what's going on in the relationship. And where do you facilitate this program? This, this again, is because of the innovation of it. The, the only options mostly are to get these people into a group. So group work works for perpetrators, but this is one-to-one, face-to-face. And sometimes these young people can't get to the group once they're 18. So in between 15 and 18, there's nowhere for these young people to go. So I go to where they are and find a, find a safe space, ask them if it's a safe space for them to talk. And it could be in a, 
It could be in probation and parole. It could be in youth justice. It could be in a park somewhere. So as long as they're feeling safe, and I'm safe as well. So it's a mobile approach by the sound of things. Yeah, it's like, it's like an outreach basis because I wasn't a youth worker. I did outreach and detached work. So I'm quite used to working with young people in a, in a variety of settings. Mm. So how do you uh, actually recruit participants, John, for, the, for this program? It, they, they mostly come through, like I mentioned before, it's through probation and parole or youth justice. I have had young people um, referred to me from solicitors who are working with young people because they're going through the court process in the juvenile system. So sometimes a referral from solicitors, sometimes it's referral from within our own organisation. And how do those organisations know about what you're doing? I do, I do visits to the organisation. We contact them and say, look, this is a, a project that we're running. We did a pilot programme, which was really successful. Um, and I go and talk to the manager and the, the officers in probation and parole, the same with youth justice. We talk to the, to the people who will be referring on a face-to-face -face basis. So they get to know me and I get to know them and give them an explanation of what we can and cannot provide. So it really um, does come down to that uh, personal level going out and engaging with stakeholders. Yes, it, it, because when I do the sessions with the young people, I need somebody to send a summary of what we've talked about and if they're making any progress. So it keeps them informed so that when they're doing their conversations with the young people, they've got a basis for where to start. And I give them a, an update about their behaviour and what their thinking is and what the actions are, what, what the intentions are. We do um, work with the Duluth programme, which is a, a behaviour intervention model for perpetrators of domestic and family violence. It's mostly group work they do. So this is based on Duluth model. And we do go through the power and control wheel and the equality wheel. Um, and it, it's not so structured. There's a lot more flexibility because I'm working one-to-one -one with mm. the young people. So just to pick up on your other point, there's, there's a constant feedback loop with other agencies who are involved in the lives of these young people absolutely because sometimes they're they're saying to their worker their their officer what's going on in their life and sometimes i don't know about that but if i'm forewarned that i don't know dad's been arrested because he was violent at the weekend i wouldn't necessarily get that from the young person but i can see has there been any traumas any any dramas this week and it and just tease it out of them once i build their trust up over a few weeks You've already alluded, John, to some of the themes or content of what it is that you cover, but how would you characterise the general structure of the program? You know, for example, how long does it run? What well, are some of the themes you pursue in addition to the wheels that you've talked about? Yeah, the, the structure is it's around about 27 weeks, which is the, the same as the Duluth model. However, because it's on a one-to-one -one basis, 
young people's lives are not always structured so they can come every Wednesday at half past 11 or every Thursday at 10 past 2. This is structured so if they miss a week, if you miss a week in the group, the programme just rolls on for 27 weeks, whereas I can actually hold it back a week and so that they don't miss any sessions because some of these sessions are quite important. All of these sessions are quite important. So you've mentioned some of the themes you covered. How is your program structured, John? It's structured over 27 weeks. Um, but that's flexible because young people's lives are not structured in, in a way where I can just see them once a week for 27 weeks. And the program's pretty much full all the time. We have a wait list, so there's, there's a need. And I think we, the Queensland Centre for Domestic and Family Violence Research they did a, um, a, an evaluation of the programme, and you can read that. Um, that that's online. Um, so there you'll see feedback from facilitate from the referrers and from the young people themselves about what they thought about the programme. And we use themes like using intimidation, which is scaring their partner, and smashing things, destroying her property. So we do that in sort of one week. And then it can go to non-threatening behaviour, which is on the equality side. And we talk about acting so that she feels safe and comfortable. And working on the... And then the third week, we will talk about a mixture of both. But because it's flexible, if they're talking about economic problems that they have in their, in their relationship. We can use, I can dip into that so I can chop and change from which, which segment of the, the program I choose to, to do. I can move it so that it's topical for that particular time. If they, you know, if they're being abusive, I can use the, use an intimidation part of the wheel and then talk about negotiation and fairness. Um, so it's, quite flexible they still still don't miss any weeks but i can move around the wheel and it's not in sequence it just keeps coming back and keep referring back to different sessions that we've done so it's quite a tailored approach that you're using based around based around a, a model so that you can you can model it to the young person's life just as their lives are quite fluid your program can be to some extent a great extent i'm hearing fluid to adapt to their circumstances well, without, yeah, I mean, without losing yeah. the integrity of the of the, the core themes of the program. Well, that's right. When you're talking about economic partnership with a 15-year-old, you know, he's not not responsible for rent or, or her income. He doesn't have any income. He has pocket money, maybe. Mm. Or maybe he has just how he lives on his wits. I don't know. But mostly if it's economic partnership and they don't have a partnership where there's they have, they have that system running. I can talk about it. What would happen if, because some, some young people at 15 and 16 have got children and making them look at re their responsibility as a parent. It's, it's jumping around from session to session, depending on how it goes. And it's, they never miss a session. I make sure I go through the whole program, but it can be tailored to meet their circumstances. You know, if I can spend a couple of weeks on economic partnership with a young man who's just got into a relationship and they've just got a house and the bills are coming in and, 
you know, so it's different from a 15-year-old to a 24-year-old. And you encourage a conversational approach in these sessions? Oh, definitely. I, they get a chance every week of doing a, a catch-up, what's been happening in your week. You know, has there been any dramas? Have you had conversations with the police? Have you used violence in your week? And they'll, they'll sometimes try and play it down a bit. They do use justifying and minimising and trying to blame their partners. So we unpick everything they talk about. That's, that's, there's nowhere for them to hide in this programme. And how long does a session typically run, John? It's typically an hour, but I, I tend to do an hour and a half just because of the catch-up session that we talk about. Mm. When they say, what's your, what's your week been like? They say something which triggers something for me, and I will go, right, well, you know, if you've seen somebody else and you've had a fight about it, you know, you need to be honest with your partner. And we could have been talking the week before about using intimidation. So whatever they're telling me, that's how we can bring the program in. And I'm not, I'm not judging. I'm not, I'm not being that dad. I'm just being a guy who they can talk to and trust because they know that this is confidential. We go through confidentiality really firmly and that can happen every week. Once when they're telling me something, I go, you do remember the confidentiality that I have, I have to stick with. So they realize pretty quickly that this is a safe space for them. And it can be in the office in probation and parole. And I make sure cameras are turned off and microphones are turned off in the premises so that it's just, it's just them and me just builds that trust up. Which is so important. And so you've alluded before to the centre being um, undertaking uh, an evaluation of the program. How effective has the program been so far, would you say? And what have others said? Well, uh, Dr. Heather Lovett, Sue Ellen Kelly and Dr. Vicky Lowick did the um, evaluation from QCDFVR, which is the Queensland Centre for Domestic and Family Violence Research. They did this and they, they talked to my supervisor, who I see every, I speak to every day and debrief with her every time, I, every time I see a young person. And also the referrers, they spoke to people from probation and parole, youth justice who refer these young people in and got their opinions on how it works. They were positive feedback we got from that. They love the idea of me constantly being on communication with them, giving them a summary of what we've talked about, what the session is that we've talked about. We do a an equality log where we talk about our actions and what the intentions were and what the thinking was behind that, who's affected. And the, the officer gets all that information, which gives them something to talk about the next time they come in. They can dig down deeper into the into the young person's psyche around why they use violence, why they think they've got to use violence in their relationship. Has anyone talked to the family members or partners of the young people who've been participating? We have we have a um, a women's advocate which runs alongside the program who hopefully will get in touch with the the partner the the aggrieved and give them some support because they sometimes 
see this because I'm working with the young men mostly or, or the occasional young woman coming through their partners look at how come they're getting all the support and they're the ones using the violence so it's an opportunity for them to get some support and the the, the advocate sort of gives them a, a summary of where they are in the program so they know what session are going to be running at the start, if it changes during the session, I inform her, say, look, we ended up talking about this because he said blah, blah, blah. So it, it's it, it's, an, it's a wraparound approach. And the, the researchers actually spoke to some of the participants, some of the young people that were in the program as well, um, who, those who answered, the, answered a, a call. And it's very, very positive from the young people. And the most comments are about trust. Being mm -hmm. trusting of, of me and not because I don't like I said before I don't judge I, I'm not there to judge them they've already been judged and I'm, I'm there to offer them some support and talk about their behaviour so they're not going to jail every three months six months two weeks whatever it is so they get a chance to turn their lives around. So how replicable you've mentioned a few times about the importance of trust and and the trust that you built up with participants and other stakeholders how replicable do you think this approach could be elsewhere i think if if you've got the the right organization who deals primarily in in domestic and family violence whether it's intimate partner whether it's um with family members I think if you've got the right people in there and talk about the their talk about the subject of domestic and family violence, not about what they want to do with their lives, what's their goals in life. But that does come into it because I need to have some progression from when they finish this program. So what's just next steps forward? Because sometimes our relationship's not working. And if they've got kids, I can look, you can be the best dad in the world you just don't have to be in that relationship you know so feeding it in so that they can become a better parent and not perpetrate violence in front of the children because every single one of these young people that i get talk about how the violence was in their home so there's a connection there thanks john John, it's been really interesting talking with you today. And I wonder, just to wrap up this edition of The Bulb, in summary, what do you think has been the key success factor of this program? My, in my opinion, I think the integrated service that it provides is crucial to making this program work. There's nowhere for the young people to hide the referrer is getting the same information that I'm getting because we're communicating all the time. Seriously, we phone each other, we email each other. So this young person is getting consistent messages that this is a program that can actually help them. What a great note to end on, communication. So we've been communicating this morning and you'll be communicating with our listeners. John, thank you so much for joining us on The Bulk today. Thank you, Colleen. It was a pleasure. We hope you found this edition of The Bulb enlightening. If you'd like to know more about our work, please visit noviolence.org.au. 
For victims and survivors of gendered violence who may have found the content of this podcast disturbing, free, confidential 24-hour counselling is available nationally on 1-800-737-732 through 1-800-RESPECT. If you would like to know more about responding to domestic and family violence, CQ University offers a range of postgraduate and other study options. Visit cqu.edu.au and search courses for domestic violence to learn more.